is talking about food people like, and I mean really like, and it's ultra processed food. Okay, so I I had I had to ask this like when when this was brought up because I was like, all right, I've heard of processed foods. <laughs> I know what processed foods are, but what the heck is the difference between that and ultra processed? Oh, I'll give you the answer. So this article I found on ScienceDaily.com. Uh, it's a study out of Tufts University. Um, and first of all, let's go into what Shannon was asking the question is: What is ultra processed food? So in the article, they kind of outline that you know, most, even certain quote unquote healthy foods are processed, like whole grain bread and uh, different uh, dairy products are processed. But ultra processed food, what they considered in this study was uh, foods like that are ready to eat or ready to heat dishes as in takeout or frozen pizzas and burgers. You're listening to the Addicted to Fitness podcast. Brought to you by Elemental Training Tampa. Now, here's your hosts, Nick and Shannon Birch. Thanks for checking out this week's episode of the Addicted to Fitness podcast. Welcome back. Greetings if you're new. We have a a topical issue. Um, Topical, I think, because it pretty much affects everybody. And it deals with food. Mm-hmm. specifically ultra-processed foods mm-hmm. in kids and teens. So we've talked about this before in a very, like, overarching way, like mm-hmm. talking about, like, fast food consumption and things like that. But there's some new information, new study out, and you know how Nick loves a study. Loves studies. And uh, it was just... It was surprising. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into that. But before we do, we just want to say thank you so much for joining us here today. We really appreciate all of the love and support, the listens, the sharing. Um, it's super helpful to the podcast to be discovered by other people. When you actually take just a couple minutes and leave a rating or review, do that in apple podcasts particularly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, uh basically you do that and it gives a signal to apple that hey people like this podcast and you should show it to more people so help us be able to reach more people um help others discover just by leaving a rating and review so um we're we're pretty happy with where the reviews are i know nick likes to Always strive for the five star. Of course. Um, so we're pretty darn close, and we greatly appreciate appreciate that. Uh, so yeah, keep it in mind <laughs> if you'd like to add some words. And right. also, don't feel like you just leave a review. Feel free to leave a suggestion. What else you'd like to listen? Like, have us dive into. We'll we'll dig in. We'll reach out to people, pull people in the podcast if we don't know about it. So with that said, mm-hmm. we're going to get on with the show. That's right. What are we going to first? So we're going to dive into a little training recap. Oh, all right. Let's talk about it. You can think about it's always a good time to reflect the on start of anything new. Yeah. It's good to reflect. So think about your training. And now you can go with yours. Nick can report on his. Oh, that's me. 
I thought you were talking to the proverbial. I was saying we, to listeners, you, yes. you reflect on Let your us training. reflect as I reflect. And then Nick will now reflect. All right. So if you guys have been listening, I've been doing a pretty strict routine of uh, basically two kettlebell workouts a week, two spins on the Peloton cycle, and then a bodyweight workout. And I was able to achieve that once again this week. Um, working with the heavy kettlebell, I'm definitely feeling it. The 53-pound nice. kettlebell is uh, some surreal, surreal stuff. So I did a heavy leg kind of focus kettlebell workout on Tuesday. And, I mean, I was still feeling it up until Friday when I did my more upper body focused kettlebell workout. So everything felt great. Um, the spins fed, felt good. I think I was able to get at least one 30-minute one in. And then, of course, my body weight. I think my body weight won trying to figure out i think i did some more mini band stuff and uh because uh, i actually took a 6 a.m uh had a client at 6 a.m so i did a little bit more mini band stuff and body weight like push-ups and squats and front kicks and stuff like that dead bugs so that was a good one though because sometimes i do some kickboxing but I'd, or some shadow boxing but decided to go with the old school kind of compound movements of the squat push-up dead bug nice hit workout yeah Clamshells. I think you did clamshells too. Those are good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I always kind of do hit style every time since I have a small kind of window. Yeah, so, you maximize <laughs> your time. Yeah, so I always usually do hit style. So that was my training for the week. And uh, what about you? What was your training for the week like? Well, um, I actually got a very bizarre like two-day sort of virus, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm smack dab in the middle of the week and uh so i kind of lost a little bit of momentum this week Mm -hmm. i usually start out my week slow because monday is the idea of like coming off a weekend where even if i'm not training i'm usually like on my feet running errands cleaning the house you know doing physical things um however uh i just couldn't do that last Mm -hmm. week um, I couldn't, I couldn't like just get back into the week because as soon as I started getting momentum, I did like one spin workout and then literally on the morning I did my spin workout, I like, I like an hour or two later, I started getting like body aches mm. and it was very weird cause I didn't have fever until like I had, I kind of did like hot cold flashes that night and that was it. And like I had nothing else. It was just very bizarre. I did, I had had some like post-nasal drip for, you know, like for anybody who doesn't know what that is, it's like when you don't have a runny nose, like running out the front of your nose, but it runs down the back of your throat and just gets into your lungs. And when I thought about it, I was like, Ella had this. Ella had this Mm. a week ago and she gave it to me. So that's what it was. She's, you know. She's my little, I can like basically pace when I'm going to get colds and things because it's usually like a week later. If I'm going to get it, it's usually about a week later. Um, So yeah, but I bounced back. I was, I had like one tough day and then I was back two days later, did a little, um, little yoga session, kind of got all the, the tight muscles ironed out a little bit. And joined 
the booty camp, yes, the you booty did. boot camp on you Saturday did. for my for birthday. Birthday workout. Her birthday workout. Mm-hmm. That's right, folks. I did not take it easy on my birthday. I did not go lazy. In fact, I knew I was probably going to be eating foods that were a bit richer than what I normally eat. So mm-hmm. I went big. I also brought donuts to the gym. Yeah. So Which is, that was dangerous. Has not happened in my knowledge. So yeah. So uh, thankfully, I didn't get kicked out. Most people were okay with that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was my week. Yep, I let you stay. You know, even though that was it's against uh, all regulations, gym regulations. I cleared it with you before. <laughs> Well, uh, happy birthday. I'm glad you enjoyed the workout. Like Thank you said, you. you brought it around for a, with a killer workout at the end of the week. Right? Yeah, I kind of, it was, it was, you uh, made up for last time. yeah, it was a slow start, but got a really great strong workout in there. And I'm telling you those Epsom salt baths afterwards, yeah, you've been doing that a couple of weeks, right? They really like, I don't get the sore muscles afterwards. And I mean, I, I pushed myself in yeah, those workouts. So yeah. All right, that's great. You got to, so hopefully this week, a little bit more regular this week. That's what you're hoping for. I'm hoping to just, yeah, be able to get back into doing like I was, I'm like averaging like probably four, four to five training sessions a week. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I like that. That's a good, it's a good balance for me. So. Yeah. Yep. And speaking of likes, we're probably going to talk. The main topic of today's podcast is talking about food people like, and I mean really like, and it's ultra-processed food. Okay, so I, I, had, I had to ask this like when, when this was brought up, because I was like, all right, I've heard of processed foods. <laughs> I know what processed foods are, but what the heck is the difference between that and ultra-processed? Oh, I'll give you the answer. So this article I found on ScienceDaily.com. It's a study out of Tufts University. Um, And first of all, let's go into what Shannon was asking the question is. What is ultra-processed food? So in the article, they kind of outlined that, you know, most, even certain quote-unquote healthy foods are processed, like whole grain bread and uh, different uh, dairy products are processed. But ultra-processed food, what they considered in this study was uh, foods like that are ready-to-eat or ready-to-heat dishes, as in takeout or frozen pizzas and burgers. Um, they also talked about uh, ultra-processed foods include packaged sweet snacks and dessert. So that's what they would consider ultra-processed food. So minimally processed, let's see what they got. Ultra-processed foods are less healthy with more sugar and salt and less fiber than unprocessed and minimally processed foods and have increased in their consumption by children and teenagers. Yeah, so that's ultimately that's what this whole study was about was Mm -hmm. how there has been a I would say concerning increase. Right. So yeah, they uh, basically the study was taking place over the last twenty years. They said uh, two decades. Yep. So and they found that the number has jumped from uh, basically ultra processed ultra processed foods has uh, consumption in teens and kids uh, has jumped from sixty one percent to sixty seven percent of their total caloric intake. Um, over the last 20 years. So this study basically monitored over 34,000 or almost 34,000 children over that two uh, decade basically period. 
So they said, like, obviously you think 61% to 67. When you see those raw numbers, just like, oh, a 6% increase, is that that much? Well, when you're talking about a big group about a big like group this. Of people, that's, yeah, that's, that's a chunk. So, and uh, once again, going a little bit more into the actual kind of what types of the ultra processed foods were eaten. Um, like we said already, the ready to eat and ready to heat dishes as takeout and frozen pizza and burgers increased from 2.2% to 11.2% of total calories. So, I mean, that is over a five times increase over the last 20 years. That's a huge jump. Um, The second largest spike in the calories came came from those packaged sweet snacks and dessert, um, which grew from 10% to 12%. Um, So... Over 2% increase, which, you know, still is significant, especially because you, you got to think about desserts, you think about sugar, but um, it, it's the see that it's total calories when you're talking about mostly high in carbohydrates. And I mean, we kind of, like I said, not to bad mouth because Ella's preschool is awesome. It's a really great pace, well, place, but we know even there, the food that they provide, the snacks, it's all you know, carbs. It's better than what I've heard a lot yeah, are, but I it's agree. still to that, like it's not our standards. Yeah, I we'll agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that is, that is a great point to make. But like you said, even somewhere that's, you know, we pay for her to go there for a reason. Um, even they pay are, for that food. yeah, they, even they are, you know, are basically succumbed to feeding kids carbs and yeah, kind of they have to, foods. They yeah. have to give kids what they know they'll eat. Yes. So um, another kind of, I would say, uh, uh, troubling statistic is that basically there's uh, some disparities in uh, across ethnic groups for this increase in uh, increasing ultra processed foods intakes. They saw the biggest increase um, was among non-Hispanic blacks, and then it went to Mexican-Americans, and then non-Hispanic whites was where the increases were the most, and that's basically most to least. Um, yeah. A 10% increase in the in the non-Hispanic blacks, 7% increase in Mexicans, and 5% increase in non-Hispanic whites. Um, the interesting thing is that they also found that, but there was no statistical association well, let me see yeah no statistical significant difference in overall findings by parental education and family income which means it's not based off of who can afford what right and then in that too and and even to the second part about about, per, about education the parental education is yeah. like my whole thing is like well we got to get to you know we got to you know teach the adults about the benefits of you know certain foods and things like that and you would think people that maybe have college degrees already know about that stuff but nope. maybe that's just a, a gross assumption that or just an, you know it like is. it because it, this te- this study actually well their findings prove that that's not the case doesn't matter what the educational level is people seem to go for the easy quick fix and being parents we kind of know what why that can be attractive yeah well plus i will <laughs> also say in defense of everybody like they've come out with a lot more options like trader joe's yeah trader joe's what they popped up i don't know like 20 years ago something like that so like right around when this thing started mm-hmm 
And their like frozen foods and their pre-made foods are amazing. Right. And like a lot of other supermarkets and, you know, specialty food stores also started following suit. I mean, go to freaking Whole Foods. Third, third of the store is prepared foods. Right. Like, you know, that's, that's a lot. So I think that it really has been dictated by our culture and like society saying, well, you know, you've, you're supposed to eat, you're supposed to eat better, but there really has been a lapse on saying like not doing process, do whole foods. Yeah. And like I said, we, like they, there's still, that still is a time suck for a lot of people. Right. And you know, like I said, they draw the, they try to draw a little bit of a line between ultra processed and minimally processed stuff. Um, because you know, there are still items that are minimally processed that are kind of people would think as a whole food anyways, you know, obviously you're talking about meats and vegetables and stuff like that, but then there's some other I- items you get into in like the dairy section or, um, e- even some of well, like I mean, the whole grain like packaged stuff, right? It's like anything that really comes in a box. Or a bag, like packaged, pre-packaged, pre-made stuff. Well, I mean, spinach is the ultra. Box. No, pre-packaged, pre-made. Okay, I, I know what you're saying. We're, I think we're we're splitting hairs here. So it's um, like all the the frozen dinners. Right. No, you're. That's like you it's said. Ready to heat. Stuff. Ready. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yep. You're absolutely. You're absolutely right with that thing. And then, um, what I go and I like you said with that idea that it doesn't. Hey, there was no difference between education level and or income level um i guess you know like i said i think it's all about education and i think it's still about nutrition education because there's always so much conflicting information coming about the education i mean we had the food pyramid and now we got keto out there we got vegan we got all these different type of beliefs but there's no real good i don't feel like especially nutrition is not a subject taught in really unless you go Unless it's your pursuit in like college or secondary school, you know it's definitely not a, a subject in typically in high school. Not that that I'm aware of. Maybe nope. it is, but I mean, um, all the schools have to follow the yeah, like USDA. my plate yeah. recommendations, mm-hmm. and that's what they teach in schools. Just but there is a little of a sh- like kind of a uh, bright spot in this study it's not all doom and gloom folks uh they've actually found that the biggest decrease in this study of basically ultra processed processed food is that they found that calories from sugar sweetened beverages dropped from 10% to 5% in overall calories over a 50% drop so and they even talk about it in this and i think it they hit it on the head there was a real concerted effort to minimize advertising yeah what it be advertising or i mean i know marketing when my my mom told me about it when ella was young that you know the usda the recommendation for child care for food for child care providers they eliminated juice from it that was like the first they did that was maybe five years ago yeah. So, like I said, that was a big step to, in order to start that process of reducing sweetened uh, beverages. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. juice was probably like the norm when I, I remember mm-hmm. when school was like either grab milk or you grab a juice. Right. So, like I said, they they showed and they commented in the article. It was like there was you know campaigns essentially uh, to reduce overall consumption of sugary drinks, and it actually worked. So. 
it could be possible if we kind of put the same efforts behind that to basically either remove it from certain, whether it be, like you said, in offering it to elementary school kids or or high school kids, um, if maybe we put the same conceited effort into maybe making these ready-to-eat foods more comprised of protein, their calories are more derived from protein than carbs, then maybe we can help kind of minimize some of the, basically, the the, the downsides of consuming ultra-processed food. Yeah, I mean... I.e. obesity. I've read... To one, for one example. I've read some books, um, you know, in my, in my early, like when Ella was weaning and she was starting to have solid foods of course i was diving into like how am i supposed to feed her food i don't want her to have like weird relationships with food and i started reading about how other cultures teach food to their kids and with the idea of like hey if it ain't broke someone else is doing this maybe i can pick up a few tips (laughs) um and some other cultures that frequently get like thrown in as as sort of the a better ideal for childhood food relationships are things like the French, where they freaking educate kids on not just food but like cuisine right. and preparation. And those kids are having foods that most adults in our culture, like American culture, don't get exposed to and they were given the food and they they were not given any other options it was the food that like we would eat adults would eat but it was made kid portioned but it was also a really high quality food like they're they did not just have a lunch lady they had a freaking like culinary team at their schools they take it so seriously. Now, maybe this is not all parts, but, you know, this was like in like the country of France or something. And um, they, they took it real seriously. So yeah. you think about that is an education literally from like your first bite of food all the way through adolescence where you're taught about the appreciation of quality foods and that you eat what you eat kind of as, as Ella says, you you get get what you get and you don't throw a fit. And I mean, it worked like they, they have less picky eaters. They have less obesity issues. They have less like, you know, there's less complexities of like poor food relationships that, that, that matters, you know, like, I know every culture has gone, has struggled with like drive throughs and, you know, fast food because advertising and marketing has increased everywhere. But this, this whole study to me, I mean, it, it really just confirms that advertising is incredibly persuasive, amazingly powerful, but also we're, we as adults weren't taught this way about food. So for those of us who have learned a different way, yeah, sure, we can teach our kids, but the culture doesn't support that sort of education. Yeah. So it's right. a really in it's a it's a culture big change, task yeah. for yeah. 
for a family as as we know we're we're always like making that a big part of what we are educating Ella about right. and it's it is it's a full-time freaking job man I agree you know and, and it's hard like you said that's where somehow it's got to it's got to start with the parents or soon be parents or eventually going to be parents where they grasp the concept of food process or processed foods opposed to non-processed foods or minimally processed foods and just kind of know the association towards the eating ultra processed food and what it could lead to. So it's like explaining that without trying to say, put it in the form of it's this diet or that diet, just giving you the bare bones about, hey, ultra processed foods typically are higher in sodium higher in uh, carbohydrates and they most of their calories don't come from protein. Um, that's, you know, the, those things are what can cause things like obesity or type two diabetes and things like that. So, but like I said, it's gotta, it's gotta be a form of education. Yeah. And it's, and I like mean, you said, cultural change on, honestly. It is. And like it, we know that we're, we're not going to be able to control what Ella consumes and it is a, it is a real struggle to right. kind of swallow that as a parent. Yeah. To be like, well, it's not how I live my life. So you're telling me that my child's just going to have to live a different life. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like she's going to have to kind of go through the same journey yep. that we are. But on the upside, I think this is a great example also. If you're a person who's taking the time right now to listen to this podcast, who's making concerted efforts to educate themselves on nutrition, on, you know, the right nutrition for you, you are doing yourself and also your future kids, you know, any kids you might have a service right? by taking that on. Because we know that is not an easy thing. It is something you have to do above and beyond. Well, I think this is a great segue because i feel like what else what's got us pumped segment might have to do yeah with or at least your part i think sure. we should jump on in let's jump on in what's got us pumped so what's got you pumped this week well uh this is like an oldie but goodie because mm. i haven't done a food prep sunday in a <laughs> real real long time yep. like I honestly can't remember the last time I did a food prep Sunday. And just kind of like a rundown on what this is. <laughs> um, like back in the days before, you know, we had kids and everything. Kid. My, we have one kid. We only well, have one even kid. furry creatures. Yeah, like, true. Before we really right. had furry You're creatures. Right. Feels like we have more one kid. It was <laughs> before we had kids. <laughs> <sighs> um when we were single, mm -hmm. it was just about us. And I spent the whole freaking day of Sunday washing produce, cutting it, making food for the week. Like, you know, I'd make I'd make some sort of item that I could take for breakfast. I'd try to like have a protein in there. And also I'm I'm not like a big like meat eater, you know, like red meat or even poultry that much so like 
it might not even be a meat product. Like I would just be trying to food prep everything I possibly could think of so that whenever I needed an item, it was cleaned. It was possibly already like, you know, chopped up or prepared my salads. Like I was even at one point I was making like jarred or like pre salads, you know, with the dressing on the bottom and everything in there. Like, I would do all of that stuff. I'd make kale chips, all kinds of things. And I did all of that on Sunday, all day. That was my day, food prep Sunday. Haven't done it in ages. Finally did it today. And dear goodness, it felt freaking fantastic. Talk about got me pumped. I pretty much spent the whole day standing first of all which i can feel it now um in the kitchen and it was one of those things where i went to the grocery store and i just got a beautiful like my carriage was filled with mostly fresh produce and it made me so happy because i mean summer is a bountiful season folks i mean Dear goodness, you can get all kinds of delicious things right now. And I came home and Ella helped. She was like plucking the stems off the little tiny golden tomatoes that I got. And I washed everything. I chopped up some vegetables that I knew I'm not going to want to chop these later. I made, I've got bread dough in there. I made a galette, which is a nice dessert, but it's it's a lower sugar dessert. It's mm-hmm. essentially it's like a very rustic pie. Um, and I made that so that I would have like you know if I wanted to treat myself um, with something fruity, I'd have that to go to at various points in the week. Getting away from the heavy cakes and things I've had the last week. Oh, yes. Um, birthday cakes like all of the berries and stuff are all ready to go it just it was so wonderful I made a bunch of pancakes like for Mm -hmm. the week so that they're they're also there for breakfast sourdough pancakes big difference those are delicious by the way it's like the ultimate pancake I was pretty proud of you babe it was impressive stuff I I felt really happy. Like I feel I feel prepared for the week. There we go. It's a good and feeling, it's, right? It's nice to know that like everything is just I can just grab it. I don't have to worry about washing, I don't have to worry about doing anything. I can just grab it and go. There you go. I'm so happy. I'm glad you're pumped. So yes. I'm pumped. Because I get to also enjoy You also food. benefit from yes, this. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. So uh what's got me pumped is a new Fashion statement that I'll be making around the house. Fantastic. And I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. It's Ooh, a, it's a little thing called compression socks. I know. Sexy. <laughs> so uh, one of my clients, it, basically she works for a startup company that works in like offering foot health apparel and devices. Hmm. Um, so she noticed that some, or I kind of, I've always noticed some veins in my legs and some are getting close to varicose status. So she was like, you know, I can wear, you know, compression socks 
in order to kind of help minimize that, which, you know, like varicose veins can be a sign of blood pooling in your legs and things like that it could lead to numbness in your feet over time um so it's like oh i'm always interested and she's like you gotta wear like compression socks oh i was like oh i've worn compression socks she's like you haven't worn these compression socks <laughs> she's like these are like legit they're like you can hardly get them on compression socks oh she my god like, you need something that has a very 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 tight compression she's like you don't have to wear it very long she's like but it's just it can be beneficial um, so I feel like I've heard like varicose veins, especially if you spend a lot of time on your feet. That's you what it said. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. She sent me a little article about where they like varicose veins. It's like, um, uh, if you have a job that regularly involves long periods of sitting, standing or squatting, you might be more, uh, apt to getting varicose veins. It's basically all the jobs. <laughs> Like I think I do all those things because <laughs> like you're gonna be doing either sitting or standing. So uh, basically, uh, she recommended a brand. She recommended what kind of compression I need to do. They measure it in millimeters of mercury, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, so uh, basically, um, she was like, "I've got to. Sh- I'll share a video with you on how you actually the best way to put them on." But she's like. Is it like rolling them up like pantyhose? That's what I was thinking. I was like, that's, is it this? And then I was like, apparently you got to put them inside out and then like stick them over your toes and pull them up. Yeah, it's like so, pantyhose. Well, I'm sorry. I have not skilled in the ways of the pantyhose. Okay. Um, are pantyhose still a thing? Yeah. Oh. Sorry. I just don't think a lot of people uh, like put up with them. Anyhow. They're not as required anymore in our culture. Thank All right. God. Well, thank. I will be wearing those. <sighs> um, I just ordered them, and she actually told me to wear them when I'm working out. So I was like, "All right, mm. I won't be taking any videos of me now wearing those while I'm working out." But I'm going to give them a shot and see if it can help my legs, and you know, uh, make sure I don't have any issues with my feces. Get I down don't have any around. of those. No, you're pretty good. I think mine. I think I, it's a, it's kind of, it can yeah. be a genetic thing. I have too. one good one here and then I think another one on this side. So nothing too crazy, but might as well get ahead of it. I'm all yeah. about preventative. Oh, heck yeah. All oh, right. Heck, so. you'll, you'll be rocking some lovely, lovely. Action. Exactly right. That's right. So um, that's what's got us pumped this week. Let us know what's got you guys pumped this week, every week, and what's got you pumped uh, enough to maybe share it with us to investigate for a future podcast episode yes once again as shannon said in the beginning please rate review and share with a friend that's always uh a very uh i would say gracious thing you guys can do yeah to show your love for the podcast and remember book clubs i feel like there should be podcast clubs oh yeah i get they've got to be there it's got to happen it's got to be a thing you know just like you got like a group of people Mm -hmm. you know who actually listen to podcast on the regular and you can be like oh yeah this is my favorite one this week to my atf to to our atf podcast fan club thank you keep spreading the word yeah anything else for this is another edition of the addicted to fitness podcast and we'll check you next time bye for all things addicted to fitness you can check out our website addicted to fitness podcast.com you can also give us a follow on twitter at the ATF podcast and like and follow the addicted to fitness podcast Facebook page. Last but not least, please give us a rating and review in the iTunes store. Thanks.
do that. Bad and dirty. You're bad and dirty. Well, I'm the blast from past. But I do love that song. <laughs>